0: Are you thinking digital or are you digital first? Today, we're going to talk about digital marketing trends and their impact on the sports industry. I'm your host, Jesse de Boy, professor at the Johan Cruyff Institute in the Master in Sports Management. Today with me is Rowan Baumeister, marketer at SportsGen. Welcome.
1: Yes, yes. Thank you.
0: So Rowan is not only uh, a marketer, but he's also a former alumni of the Johan Cruyff Institute.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I... Uh... I studied at the Kreef Institute in 2016, so that's already six years ago. So it always amazes me uh, how long it actually is ago, but still feels like it was last year. I still have a very strong, uh, strong collection of uh, of the year. Still talk to classmates.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: I have a good connection with the uh, with the professors. I'm at I'm at most of the uh, alumni events, so. Yeah, it's it's always when I think back, I think 2016, really, but it's uh, it's that time ago, and uh, that was basically my uh, my year uh, between my uh, my previous study and my my job. So I I, I studied for four years at the, the Hague University, sports management, and then went to the Kruiv Institute uh, for ten months, finished it, and then actually got into my first job. So. Uh, I think they asked me later on for to do a little promotional video uh, for the for the Cruyff Institute, and then they asked me the same questions. And in what way did the did the education help you in finding your job? And it yeah, it really did. I actually started working where I work now at Sports Gen, sport marketing agency, during my study. And when I was done, when I was uh, finished, I uh, I got a full time job there. So.
0: So you did like an internship, or yeah, I did was my I, yeah. I
1: already did an internship uh, in my previous study, and s- always stayed uh, stayed connected. And then during my um, during the MISM, I uh, got asked to to work there part time. So it was like two days in a week study, two days work.
0: How did you combine that? Because it's quite an intensive master.
1: Yeah, but for me it was actually perfect because uh, the the MISM was also two days in a week, um, and uh, I could combine it with two days working as Porsche. But you know how it goes and when they ask you for two days in the end, in the end you work three days and then it's four <laughs> days and in the end it's a little bit busy but um, no it was it was actually a perfect combination because I could also apply the things I was learning into the real world and otherwise uh, also the other way around because so they asked me okay uh, we see that you do this project can you present it in the class and I I try to involve my classmates as as volunteers and try to...
0: Oh, that's to, to include that's great. Yeah,
1: so there was, it was really a good combination. And uh, yeah, for me, it was like the perfect... It was like the missing link between my previous study and, and work because I, when I was done in The Hague, I felt, okay... I think I was 21 or something, quite young. So I felt, okay, I was not quite ready to start working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also felt I didn't want to do like another... A uh, four-year study, or when I had to th- uh, when I had to write a thesis because I was just finished with one. I thought, okay, no,
0: yeah, never one, again. One, and then I heard about
1: this, this, and then and yeah, it was it was actually perfect. So still very positive feelings.
0: Oh, and where does your passion from sport comes from?
1: Oh, that's yeah, that's from from an early age. Um, I started uh, playing football when I was like six or seven, and yeah. I always remember the story when when I uh, was in uh, in primary school. I didn't only was interested in in playing sports myself, but I also I, for example, I started my own small football club then. And I thought about all the other things like uh, we need a sponsor and we need shirts. So you are
0: already marketing-minded. Yeah, so at back that band. point, it was
1: just fun, right? <laughs> I didn't think about oh, this is this is something I could work in later on. But it was something that I, I I watched on TV, and then I thought, okay, this is this is this is interesting. I want to do this like this. And we, we played with uh, with some friends and and classmates, and we played against other neighborhood teams. Uh,
0: and then and you thought we need a sponsor, and you need, yeah, a, I so need I some marketing. My, I
1: asked my mom; she has her own company, and I said, "Yeah, you, your logo on the shirt, and et cetera. So that was when I think back, it's it's really fun because I think, "Hey, that's, that's that's marketing. That's what I do now." But at that time, it was just really fun. So it, it was already there from the start, I think. Um, and later on, I I wanted to do all kind of jobs. I wanted I wanted to uh, to work in. Uh, as an uh, archaeologist first and then uh, I wanted to do like, like uh, the, I watched a lot of CSI on TV so that was uh, <laughs> that was my dream job then and then uh, I realized, hey, what's not, what's like the thing that's running through my whole life and that's sports. Mm-hmm. And first I thought, okay, do I want to work in sports like in an active way, like become a PE teacher or a trainer or a coach, like really working on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually did a, <clears throat> I did an uh, uh, a test day, a training day, application day for uh, for one of those uh, uh, schools. But in the end, uh, I didn't make it to the school. I was I didn't complete the test, and that was also like a wake up call. I thought, hey, maybe the management side is is better, is more is more interesting, it suits me better.
0: Then it all came together after your first graduation, and
1: yeah. In the end, uh, everything they always say everything happens for a reason, so at that point that was like a failure for me to me, I, I, I failed the test, so I was of course a little bit down, but when I look back at it now, I, I think I'm really glad it happened because I'm really curious what would have happened if I passed the test and I was allowed to do that study and where I was now. I, I don't think I don't believe actually that I was as far as I've become now when I when it turned out that way.
0: Oh, that's great. And, and, and in terms of what you're doing now, what do you think is, well, the most interesting part about the combination of marketing and uh, digital marketing, for example, and sports?
1: Yeah. W- um, if, if I look at what we do as a company, so we're a sports marketing agency. There are a lot of sports marketing agencies. So uh, the thing that sets us apart from other companies is like the talent side. So really working with young people, talents. And if you... Uh, yeah, if you apply the marketing aspect to it, it, it it's also interesting because you work with a long, a lot of young people, so they are sometimes they are even ahead of you, in terms of uh, the channels they use and the language they use and the the things they like. So it's it's like a constant, a constant move for you to be sharp and to to notice what's happening. Because for other companies, it's also important, but for us, we especially work with the group that uh, is 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 evolving much faster than older people uh so it's (coughs) yeah that challenges us to yeah to be ahead of them sometimes as well but most of the time they're ahead of us
0: yeah yeah but i think that's one of the main problems of a lot of sports either when you're a brand or your company or a small sports club that the generation is moving faster and you don't have either the knowledge or the people you have that challenge of reaching that younger audience
1: yeah true and Luckily, we have a long, a, a lot of young people working as well. Uh, I'm getting older as well, so sometimes there, there comes a point where I see, okay, now I I don't get the young generation even. You have eh? TikTok? I uh, I ha- I actually have an account, but it was it's more out of curiosity to 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 just check out what the hell the, the young, the <laughs> really young on? people are doing there and what's going on there. But I'm young enough to have an account, but I'm not i uh, I'm not a content creator. No,
0: no, but I, are I you? Think- uh, I am but yeah. not a content creator on TikTok I, I think I have the same issue I'm already too old <laughs> right, already so, yeah, yeah. I'm we're already too beach. old so we're, I think we're we're young but we're too old for TikTok right, not, not yet that. though I mean <laughs> there's a shift in audience moving towards TikTok from our generation I mean yeah. uh, I'm less and less on Facebook and I think yep. that the fast development of these kind of platforms really urges and creates that challenge for companies to are we going to step into that or not Yeah. but I think reaching that Generation Z audience is is really hard um, if you're in the traditional mind of marketing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I also feel that when you talk about like the newest platforms, TikTok, Snapchat, etc., uh, the thing that's uh, everybody can see the success, but I think the thing that's still missing there is that. For companies, it's not very clear what they can do marketing-wise with these platforms. Yeah. Like for Facebook and Instagram, actually, I believe those platforms are are nowadays designed for brands. Yeah,
0: they are. Because
1: you cannot post something on Facebook uh, and you cannot go viral without paying now True. anymore. Like the algorithm, they completely changed everything. And the same Instagram is is better, but it's w- also will go that way same since Meta, since yeah. Facebook, uh, yeah, Meta now buy, uh, has bought it. And I feel that like the platforms that are are coming now, TikTok and Snapchat, they're they're not they're designed for fun, and the fun element is still there, and that's always like a little bit of uh, a dilemma: is it is it is it fun or is it business? And for the platforms, it's most interesting to be both. But the question is, can it be both?
0: Can it be both? Yeah, but I think it's also back to the traditional mind and the perspective on creating content to send it out to your to your target audience in the sense of what you want to say, whereas with accounts like TikTok or Snapchat, you need to create content that is relevant for that younger audience. Yeah. So you need to have a completely shift in your marketing strategy, content first, audience centered first, versus, hey, I want to send out and uh, reposting your uh, small TV clip on uh, an Instagram reel. That's what yeah. I see nowadays happening yeah. a lot.
1: Yeah, and I also feel that um, like also the traditional platforms are are, are are doing a good job in that Instagram introduced uh, the reels, uh, you have the story modes. Mm-hmm. So also the traditional platforms, they they see that they, they need to move on. They need to introduce new stuff. <clears throat> but what I find interesting about, for example, TikTok and uh, also the reels is Content nowadays, I, I always actually believe that uh, there there's a rule of thumb: um, the time it takes you to create the content is also the time that it takes the consumer to consume it. So sometimes a very simple post with a very short text that you create in ten seconds mm-hmm. can can be much better than a post that you that you take a day to create it, and because it's, it's 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 a lot of work and it's more difficult to consume it. But when you look at the TikTok videos now and uh, I think you have even you have the professional TikTok creators, the professional Snapchat creators. Their their only job is to create stories and to create art on on those platforms. Yeah, and
0: more storytelling, I think, than just creating content for the audience. Yeah, I think you need to tell a story and be more authentic and. Short, like yeah, you said as but, well. But
1: it's really art sometimes. It the, th- is, the things it I is, see, I yeah. think, wow, this is something. This is this is really really, really a lot of work. And yeah. then I thought, hey, that's 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 a little bit different than sometimes the, the snackable things with really fast and, and, and moving and uh, relevant because it's also about the timing. Yeah? Sometimes True. something has happened, and like five seconds later, you you want to see it online, and then you don't have the time to to make something. Uh, or a museum out of it, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's yeah that that amazes me. Yes. Like in the previous previously, you had a social media worker or manager, and nowadays you have an Instagram worker and a Twitter worker and a Facebook exactly. worker it's for each channel, account. Yeah, it's not like oh it's you, actually, can, you, you can do all the It's actually a goddamn job, accounts. you know. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, really. But like uh, th- that's a really that's a good thing because it's. Uh, I also work for some clients and we do social media jobs for them. Uh, but I, I try to manage all the channels. And sometimes I, I feel, yeah, okay, th- don't don't underestimate how much work and effort that actually is if you really want to do it good for with sizes, with text for each each channel, yeah, that's actually not like create one type of content and just post it on four channels. No, you know you, you need to create four types of content actually.
0: Yeah, co- content creation takes time and I think yeah, a, a lot of companies fail to take that into account but also fail to budget it. I mean, it's not uh, even if it's snackable short form content, you still need some, sometimes you need to have a concept, you need to have somebody who shoots it, you need to uh, post it. Of course, that yeah. uh, when it's shorter, it, it takes a less amount of time. But still, the thought behind it—maybe analyzing it uh, after posting, uh, adapting your content strategy. Yeah, what you say, posting it through uh, 24 different uh, media mm-hmm. channels. Yeah, yeah. that—that's that's a difference with digital yeah. nowadays. It's but, not just one billboard across the street but that has you, the same image.
1: Yeah, but but do you also agree that it's still social media and, and content is still the thing that is like you can cut out from the budget the first because if you don't do it, nobody will say, hey.
0: It's missing. You I'm, mean. I'm missing
1: something today. Whilst uh, if you are not uh, organizing an event, which is other, also part of the budget, everybody say, hey, where's the event?
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it's, a, it's adaptable in a way. But I think if you don't do it, you don't grow. No. So I, I think, yes, you can cut it out as one of the first, if, if in times of, in hard times, for example. Yeah. But on, on the hand, you will, it, it will stagnate. Yeah. Like your growth will... Yeah, you're missing something. You'll miss something. And and I think nowadays, uh, because the younger audience and because uh, we all see a lot of advertisement and we all have to process a lot of information, I think it has to be uh, content first and authentic and well thought of instead of just sending because else you get lost in the amounts of information, in the amounts of content that there is. Uh, and I think just because uh, a lot of people, and now younger people as well, follow brands because they either believe in the brand, they resonate with the brand, or they believe in where they stand for. Yeah. And not because the brand is the brand. No. You don't follow a business account because you like Nike. No, you follow the business account because of the stories that Nike tells. Yeah. Or the athletes that they portray. You just don't, not for the shoes that they will put in there in the content mix. <laughs> no,
1: no. No, that that's true that's true and um it's it's funny because it reminds me of this story I I also before I worked at Porsche I also had my own small company and we were advising amateur clubs. And when we were talking to a lot of clubs, they some clubs said, "Okay, we um we have decided not to be on social media or not to be on certain channels." Really? But yeah, but like like really a conscious decision. And then, I, then we told them... Yeah, actually... It's not the question if you want to be involved in social media. The only question is... Do you want to control what's happening? Or do you completely want to let it go? Because for, for an amateur club... Eh, when you have like a thousand members... 90% of them is actually active on social media. So they talk about the club... When they play the match, they they tweet about it or they uh, they they post a story. They are present at your club, so you are already are on social media, only not from uh, a producer's uh, perspective. If you say we don't want to get involved, so people will talk about you. They will make positive comments. They will make negative comments. They'll uh, claim your account. Yeah, because. The feeling that you don't have control of that, uh, I think, hey, that's that's not good. If uh, if there's any positive or negative feedback, you as a club or as each brand, you want to yeah, you want to to know what's going on, of course. So you can of course say, ah, no, we're not. It's, this, it's a conscious decision. We're not getting into it. But actually, what you're saying is, we don't care what others say about us. Exactly. Or what's happening.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> but that that's also uh, the main goal of, with a lot of content is getting that conversation going, also giving a platform to your own customers and your own club members. Yeah. If you take that out, you you you, you actively say we just wanna send. <laughs> we yeah. don't wanna get into a conversation with you.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So digital reputation is also a really big thing. Uh, reputation online of athletes, uh, but also they b- are becoming more and more their own brand nowadays versus yeah. sports brand.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it actually started with the point where uh, the personal accounts of athletes become much bigger or are much bigger than the brands of the clubs. Exactly. So there comes a point and it's already happening that uh, the market value of, of, of athletes is partly decided by the fan base, so you're not only buying an athlete, you're buying the brand. And uh, I think that was, um, for example, when you take, uh, it's a couple of years ago, but Neymar went to Paris Saint-Germain and they paid like uh, 222 million. And everybody was like, then then there's, when, uh, when, uh, when a player is making a huge transfer, there's always the discussion, how much is a human being worth? Like, can yeah. you pay 200 million for a human being? And then the professionals like us we have to mm-hmm. explain no you're not paying for just his, his flesh and his blood exactly you're, you're not paying you're, for
0: his performance just
1: no, and also not for not not for his goals and not for his no. uh, assists and, and minutes on the pitch you're paying for his uh fan base and for his um influence. attraction and his influence and in the end that's even much more worth than his goals
0: definitely
1: and that that's also i i don't Really know if that's a good thing, like that—that that it's going the way. Because in the end, we want to see it as uh, a, sp- a sport investment. Like when you buy a player, it's about the player, not about the, the performance person. Performance
0: investment that you make not, for your and team, and not how
1: he or she looks.
0: <laughs> but
1: it—you <laughs> cannot deny it—it it plays a, a huge role in it. There's there like the the big brands, everything, and uh, when I say brands, I mean the athletes. They uh, everything fits like their their size, their looks, their 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 style, uh, it, it's a contributing factor in their in their in their value, and yeah, that that will only uh, go much go much further. You, and, you think um,
0: nowadays you can be an athlete without having social media or a big following?
1: I actually want to challenge the first athlete to to try that to to be really successful, but not do anything on social Actively media. I, on social yeah, media. and I I'm really curious what would happen uh, or and and I think I actually think that a lot of athletes there they are if it if it was up to them they would decide not to do it, but they are of course pushed by their agencies and their their advisors and maybe the I clubs. Think
0: nowadays it's even in contracts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course there are a lot of players who 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 want to share it themselves cuz they have beautiful content, they have a fantastic platform uh they have fans so they will reach out to them otherwise uh, if maybe it's a cover-up they, they decide to to be like online so that people send them online message and not go to their house and like uh, uh distract them in their in their daily life so maybe, maybe it's in that way but i i think there are also a lot of athletes who are who hate um, the attention yeah. and the fame and if it was up to them they would not be Uh, online it's also that that reminds me of a funny thing when you when you uh, maybe it's maybe something you've noticed as well but when you follow athletes and you follow their the content they post like after match day or on the match day it's always the same it's always like yeah (laughs) yeah we played a good match uh, too bad we didn't win on to the next always something like that and (laughs) there was like a company or something that did that tried uh, the campaign and they said okay uh, let's translate it if you were like uh, working uh, in a bakery and you would say yeah i went to work today uh, didn't but uh, the the breads were not brown enough but uh i i will try next day if you yeah. would tweet something like that or post something like that how ridiculous that actually is but we accept it from the athletes and yeah a good match and uh, n- tomorrow uh, w- will be better it's actually ridiculous and from those players i feel yeah i, I Do do you really want to do this or is this something that you only do because... You have to. You have to. Yeah, Yeah.
0: fair enough. I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both because I think somewhere nowadays it's hard to be an athlete without having an online presence in any way. Yeah. I think it has become or integrated as a part of who you are now as part of your profession actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think it's a good dare that you post to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> who can break that circle. But on the other hand, yeah, can can you still even break that circle? I don't know. No, I would not up for it. But it's also part of what you say uh, they maybe don't even want to be online or uh, share their maybe uh, private life or yeah. whatever. And I think it also can have like a health like these can have a health impact on them as well. And yeah. You constantly feel not only the pressure from a TV camera on your face, but your own camera or other people's cameras on your face because everybody wants to post it online. Yeah. That must also be like really, really hard. You always have to be standing tall and yeah. be there and stand there. And because if you are, are becoming a media company in a sense as an athlete, yeah. you always have to be that brand. Yeah. You can never take a day off yeah. in my eyes.
1: Oh, true. And on the other hand, you also have the athletes that are uh, sometimes posting something too much. Oh yeah. So you have the athletes who who were not comfortable, but you also have because. Uh, there's always like this, this, this battle going on between the athletes and the and the agencies, and everything needs to be, like the yeah. communication needs to be really strict. But uh, you also have the athletes who who are sharing something which they believe in personally, or it could be strange. Like and sometimes it's, it, of course, it's always related to something relevant. So you mm-hmm. had, of course, a, a Dutch footballer who uh, who, were po- who was posting something about Corona. Uh, there was also. I think uh, Rico Verhoeven, who posted something about a, 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 like a crypto platform, which was very shady in the end, and all the experts were warning him. And that's something that, in that case, the, the athletes are really vulnerable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because they
1: step out of their own world, so to say, and they become an expert, And but just because Rico Verhoeven is because a great... Because you have
0: that influence. Yeah, because he has that influence. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. And
1: people feel, oh, he has that influence, but they... <laughs> Uh, it's difficult for them to see. Hey, he's a, he's an athlete and not a crypto professional. So no. we maybe we should listen <laughs> to the experts. Just like Wout Weghorst is not uh, a Corona expert; he's a football player. But they use their influence to get into another dimension. Yeah. Out of that, that, yeah, they walk away from sports and it they cross
0: dimensions. <laughs> yeah, and that's
1: that's that's really dangerous. And it's it's a good thing that they are. Uh they are warned about it by, by the experts. Yeah. From, don't underestimate the your influence not only on the thing you do best with it which is perform on the on the pitch, but also outside of the the field.
0: Yeah and not just get regular media training but also digital media training yeah. perhaps because sometimes yeah. uh, because, because the content is short form and snappy yeah uh, and you can easily do it yourself that also but breaks it, that barrier right of
1: but it's also a paradox cuz on yeah. the on the on the one hand we expect them not to do stup- stupid things but we do want them to be authentic yeah <laughs> and De-
0: depends on the athlete probably yeah
1: <laughs> so We always complain, yeah, athletes always give the same answers in interviews. It's always boring. There's nothing to, uh, there's no reason actually to follow them in most cases. And then you have some athletes who are going too far and you need to find. That's why people follow them. You need to find the balance and yeah, that's.
0: You think there will be a point where it will only be influencers or creators. uh, That's the better word for influencers over brands? And over maybe even like TV promotion or...
1: You mean like... Uh, sponsor, that, like sponsoring. Yeah, so that the person, the persons, the, yeah. the personal are, are getting... The persons
0: m- themselves are getting mm. the sponsorships instead of just the regular brands yeah. uh, or companies.
1: Yeah, I imagine it because in the end, um, we want to... You as a, as a sponsor, you want to associate yourself with um, with people so it could be people working at a brand, and then you sponsor the brand, but in the end you work together with the people who are representing the brand, who are working for the brand, um, but the creator, the brand, is a person. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really something that will, will happen as well. Also, because the risk is lower, I think, because um, when you work for a brand... For example, take uh, uh, what we've seen at Ajax in, mm-hmm. in the in the in the last weeks. Ajax has a lot of sponsors. They sponsor the brand, and there's one uh, there's one person at the club uh, who does something stupid, who is uh, punished. Um, but
0: the brand still stands.
1: The brand still stands.
0: Yeah, no, but
1: the sponsors are asked, hey, do you still want to associate yourself with that brand? And there's a, there's a discussion going on, and there's there are talks with the sponsors. Well, if, if you support just one person, yeah, of course but you need. But are to those be.
0: persons not like the icon of the? Do that, Do they not become the icon of the brand? And it goes doesn't it go the same way around?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Only uh, really the big brands they have more icons. And there's there's, yeah, okay. there's like there's so like if always, one falls
0: out, then you like still always, have the majority of the other. Yeah, icons, but there's yeah.
1: always a chance that 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 there's always a percentage which is which is uh, which is shady or something uh, something happens. But that's
0: also a trying a lot of brands and companies and even sports clubs are focusing on more smaller influencers or creators than just one big one that it that that becomes their icon and thus thus a risk for their brand reputation. Yeah. You see a lot of influencer marketing now focusing on like nano or micro influencers, smaller athletes yeah. that haven't, are not the Neymars of this world. No. Uh, don't have that amount of following, but still have maybe a little bit more of um, community bonding with their followers uh, than just the bigger brands that have a risk of if they do <laughs> something stupid.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's um, for companies who want to sponsor, it's, it's, not, it's not getting easier to find the right fit because there are there are always risks, and you see it now. Previously, the risk were only on a business level. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: you as a if you are working as a sponsor manager at a club, you only need to take care that that, that business wise everything is running good. But nowadays, due to all the things we've seen at the voice at Ajax now at mm-hmm. other clubs, that proves that as a brand you you need to be aware of the personal levels at, at the club as yeah. well even more because that can that's even more important maybe that's the point to start make sure that that's, yeah. that's everything is running now in the in the day 66 it's also uh, an issue mm-hmm. so there's always and and there will be more i uh, i presume, I presume yeah. yeah so yeah that that's yeah, that, and it goes that's, that's so
0: the, the spread. Uh, that's, that's definitely a trend, and yeah. the spreading of uh, the rumors and content run yeah. that can really yeah. damage your brand and your personal brand as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's in the end th- these things happen everywhere where there's power, power play. Yeah, and we're both working in the sports business, so we like it. But we can also admit, I don't know if you can admit, but it's also sports is one of the biggest power play. Yeah, in industries the world. <laughs> in the world so it would be foolish to think okay it doesn't happen here it only happens uh, in, the, in, in the media no. and in the no. it happens no. in sports and, and maybe
0: and, and digital marketing gives it a or digital the digital world gives it a platform suddenly yeah uh, what well, is the i think that's the good side of digital marketing i mean people are always talking about the algorithms and the hashtag pizza gate and whatever but <laughs> uh, there's always a good always a good side on it as i mean every coin has a flip side so I think that also the fact that digital marketing gives athletes and people uh, a platform to sp- speak out is also a good, good thing. Yeah. So we're talking a little bit about uh, negative trends in digital marketing, but also maybe look forward to the future. And uh, on another note, we can talk about metaverse and NFTs in the sports industry.
1: Yeah, of course, metaverse. I, it's a I, I, it's a really beautiful word, metaverse. Do you think it's a
0: yeah, it's a really it's a, old one actually. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's an old one, but it yeah. sounds like it's 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 and it's still something that uh everybody has a different view uh, different view on and 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 a different uh image in their head what what it actually is because it basically can can be everything. Yeah. It's, what's, your, what's your image of metaverse? Well,
0: well yeah, the, the, the literal meaning of metaverse is, uh, is is quite rapidly evolving as well. I mean, back in the was it 70s, 80s, we said about internet, it's the highway of information and yeah. what came through with that, you know, it, it has evolved in something maybe even more than that or different. So probably we will look back in 50 years at this conversation and think, we really thought that was the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it's it's a 3D online version of the real world. Uh, yeah. so games such as second life or uh uh fortnite uh are literally a digital representation of uh, things that can happen in the real world but still also have a connection with the physical world um so i i i think that pretty pretty much sums up every augmented reality virtual reality form uh, nfts that we have now that can have a digital representation yeah so that i don't know what what your version of the metaverse is
1: no, it's pretty much the same, and it's it. Oh, when I think about this, I always, I always get a little bit scared because uh, I, I always believe where's the where's the, the the line? It's a it's a very thin line between real and fake. Yeah. So where where does it stop? Also, um, on the new technologies you, you mentioned, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, but also deep fake stuff like that. Exactly it always scares me a little bit to say, okay, do we know what we're doing actually? Yeah? Is there is there a way back? And is there a moment we're going to find out that this isn't... Because right, right now it's all excitement. We, oh, we can do this and it c- can be better and better. And there comes a point where we can do literally anything. And we actually maybe... A couple of years ago, I, I, I heard stories about the first people who, are, who died uh, while playing a game. So they had a VR... Uh, glass on and they just ran across the street <gasps> and they really oh got in an accident because they, they, they believed they were in the game and those are things you you laugh about. Yeah? It's, it's horrible of course but you laugh about you think okay this, those are people who cannot handle the digital stuff but once it's getting more real and real.
0: It sounds things, like a Black Mirror episode.
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and and you wake up and you don't know if you're asleep or if you're you're in the, in a game or in a digital world or in the real world, because then the word the word real doesn't mean anything. What yeah. is real?
0: But it might also offer like a platform. I mean, if you look a lot of um sports events around the world that are not, um, I say accessible for uh, other people around the world who don't have the means or uh, can't travel uh, or are disabled for example they, they, they're not able to go to the sports events if you create a digital version of that uh, so a metaverse of the actual event and yep. it also can help people connect and uh, give more accessibility
1: yeah sure so yeah. that's the other side in terms of uh, fan engagement fan experience is perfect yeah. it's uh, there It's 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 limitless and yeah that's That's amazing, and 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 it started like with with always the same stuff, like uh, the VR glasses and the yeah the uh, it's also about um, making making sporting at home or making uh, experiencing an event at home, making it more fun, like more more um, more excitement, interactive as well. Um, But nowadays, yeah, it's it's amazing, and there there's there's been a quite a tipping point, I think, because a couple of years ago. There was like the moment where the the second screen technology was introduced, and people were a little bit sceptic because they said, "Okay, yeah, if I if I watch sports, I want to be focused on that, and I don't constantly want to like uh, want to know all the statistics and stuff like that." But uh,
0: for the younger generation, that is even normal. Most homes don't even yeah. have their uh, TV anymore or cable. No,
1: exactly, exactly. So that's
0: their normal status is already yeah. having multiple screens. It's just instead of just one uh watching one sponsored uh tv game you 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 experience it through multiple devices i think nowadays
1: yeah and you if you if you watch sports do you have like other screens or stuff around it or are you yeah can, can you just focus on no why
0: I not but, but why <laughs> has not to do is with it... my attention span as well but, <laughs> but is
1: it that or is it is it that it's just too boring to watch the... no
0: no it's, for me it's always i want to know more yeah so when i see some are they playing or they they say something about hey he had an injury? I'm like, oh, what happened? Or had hey, did I miss this? Or hey, uh, what level is he at? Or hey, where is he ranking? That's what I will look up during the game. Yeah. I will not wait for the game to end and then, oh, by the way, I wanted to check this, this, and this. Yeah. No, I'll grab my phone yeah. during watching. Yeah. Plus, <laughs> uh, for example, uh my boyfriend, he plays rugby, but in a in, in not like the the first class of so like lower classes. Uh and they record everything online, and it's only available online. Yeah, so it's an OTT environment, just like Netflix and Amazon. Yeah. Where that's the only. That's
1: icons, or not?
0: Hmm? Is yeah, icons. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard
1: it in a previous uh, nice. episode. Yeah, Here. and
0: you can only <laughs> you can only watch that online. There is no TV program where you can watch that. So the only availability is online. Yeah. So that I think is also becoming the future of uh, amateur sports clubs and uh, smaller p- sports clubs. Yeah. In a way,
1: yeah, there was like a copy of years ago. There was an interesting case, I think it was Borussia Dortmund. They decided to slow down their Wi Fi system in the stadium because what they felt was that they had a really good Wi Fi system, and all the supporters they were not watching the match anymore, they were only on their phones. And uh, they're like, <laughs> their the content was faster online than the goal was scored actually, sometimes. And they felt, no, the stadium needs to be a place where people talk to each other, just like uh, uh, maybe there are even pups now that uh, delete their Wi-Fi system. They say, okay, this is a place where you need to sit and drink together and talk together. An experience. And experience. And not be distracted. So they slowed down their Wi-Fi system. That, that I thought oh, that that, interesting. That, that, that's interesting. Like every everything is, is more connected, it's more efficient, it's faster. And they said, no.
0: Whereas on the other end, there's stadiums like the Levi Stadium that created more Wi-Fi points and faster data to enable like uh, consumptions and coupons and uh, watching back. uh, But they might do that just during breaks, watch back in their archive of old videos, et cetera, like creating another digital experience. So it's an interesting dilemma. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I I think in the end, if you look at the coming years, it will everything will become faster, even more efficient than it's now. But sometimes there will be like these small reminders of how everything was uh, in an analog way.
0: Before it becomes a Black Mirror episode. Yeah, but
1: that's a good thing because we still need to be remembered how it is to just sit together and talk and see each other in real life and not in a
0: virtual world. It might be like finding that right balance between digital and virtual, like that is enhancing each other instead of taking out each other. Do you know, the you seen the metaverse of the Australian Open?
1: No. It was like
0: it. A past January, they, the Australian Open created an entire metaverse online of the entire event. So they had like a stadium you could walk through with an avatar. Uh, you could do contests and chat with people and you could also be, uh, they had like 300 extra cameras during the game. So you could take different points of views as a, as a viewer. Uh, and also uh, at the the preparation of the athletes beforehand, like unique, exclusive content. And I think what was really funny is you could buy like these NFTs, like the non fungible tokens. Yeah, maybe talk about that in a bit uh, of the of tennis balls, like limited edition tennis balls of the AO. Um, and those tennis balls corresponded, like the metadata, corresponded to nineteen by nineteen inch on the actual field. Yeah, and if one of the eleven <laughs> championship. Uh, 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 balls was like the the winning ball if it would match your square that you bought with your NFT then you could uh, they would send like the actual ball of that game home
1: yeah that's really cool and then you would win prizes and stuff yeah it's really cool reminds me of uh, (laughs) yeah it reminds me of an event we did in 2016 as well and we worked with a tech partner and they introduced like an application it was an event at the Olympic Stadium and As a visitor, you could download the app and then walk around in the stadium and um, take pictures with the app. And the pictures were actually also placed on the location you took the picture. And it it was like uh, presented in the map of the stadium. So the app was like the map of the stadium. You took a picture and it was actually placed there. And everybody else that that were making pictures also... uh, yeah, they also the, the pictures were also placed in the map so oh. you could go home and just uh watch like uh yeah, you just open the app and you could just see all the pictures that people took on each location. So you could also see okay, on the same location that I took my picture, 10 other people also took a picture and you could see their pictures and as this well. This
0: was a better view on that picture so next I'm going to sit there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course. Yeah, and it, like uh, you could also walk around in the stadium so cool. e- everything it was like um uh yeah, digital reminder or the digital, yeah, collection of of the yeah of your of your experience. So that and was maybe
0: even like a way of user generated content that they could use. Yeah, you know, so if they accepted uh, the terms. <laughs> yeah, so
1: uh, when I think back, th- those were yeah, already the first steps then of of increasing it, uh, the fan experience in yeah. in the venue itself.
0: Yeah, and I think also with uh, the younger generation coming up that. Uh, yeah, the, the Australian Oak, for example, is really far ahead of its game. They even have like a long-term strategy of how they are going to develop this even further. Yeah. And they're really early adapters for the younger generation. That for them, it will probably in like 10 years or so become more natural. For us, it's now, okay, I have to go online. I have to go into, okay, I have to create an avatar. I, I, th- I think for, for our age I'm <laughs> mm. older, yeah. uh, it might be too much of a threshold, but for the younger generation, I think it will become even if they're already on multiple devices, it will even become more normal to, oh, let's grab my VR uh, during the break and uh, walk through the stadium because I can't be there. Or hey, uh, uh, my friend with whom I always watch the game, he uh, broke his leg, he can't be there, so he puts on his VR glasses and he's next to me.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned mentioned, uh, the NFTs, the non-fungible tokens. There comes a time where people laugh at us for explaining what it means.
0: but try to explain what it means like even me is like okay it is literally a kind of a crypto blockchain with data <laughs> inside that determines when it's made created and what's stored in it in the blockchain yeah kind of
1: then you need to explain but what it, is blockchain exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. then
0: mainly it is used for art but now how the australian open used it for art like art but also as a collectible yeah do you know swift like the the cycling yeah they also, you, you are working with NFTs already of like uh, the... The jerseys. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the jerseys that they're wearing are also in a sense NFTs that you can yeah. buy and then collect uh, if you participate in certain games. So yeah. it becomes a collectible thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's still like for the older generation, it's it's difficult to uh, to get the fact that the most of the NFTs are not tangible. You exactly. Cannot, you cannot touch it. So you cannot decide what What's, do you want to do with a digital is
0: pokemon card <laughs>
1: of course but then if you if you talk about in which areas can it work and will it work in the future then of course sports is is really interesting because if there's an area where memories are are the strongest and
0: emotionally, the, and,
1: emotionally and and also the history like uh, when you when you watch a game now, it only goes about uh, like twenty years ago. This and ten years ago, this game was also played. So uh, the present is always con- will always be connected to the history of the match, of the tournament, of the event, of the clubs, of everything that's taking place. And uh, so, if it can work uh, anywhere, it can work in sports. Yeah, definitely. The only question will be: um, uh, Will people see the value of? These memories, I can of course imagine that there are collectors who have a specific connection to a specific memory, yeah, a, spe- a specific moment, like their favorite club who won a trophy or a moment yeah. when they were there,
0: like the tennis ball, like the physical tennis ball, yeah, yeah. So,
1: so I, I can imagine that. Uh, but for like the, the the bigger market, that it becomes something that you buy a ticket and you also buy
0: an NFT. NFT. Become, yeah, but there's like a lot of NFTs. If you buy them, you become an exclusive club member or something. And it also is a token for a membership. Yeah. So if you have a certain token, you need to have another token. Yeah. So
1: we as human beings are very sensitive to exclusivity. So exactly. every, everything that we create that makes you become part of a select club or that, that will work.
0: Yeah. And so, you're already saying like for the greater market, but there's already 13 billion of NFTs. In the in market, yeah, it's, it's insane. That's, that's insane,
1: yeah, that's yeah. insane. But still, still, you always feel like um, the 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 yeah with the same speed that these kind of things come up, they could also disappear. Yeah,
0: True. But there's
1: there's always a, like a period. I don't know how how that's about uh, with you, but yeah, you see the period that something comes up, and then you feel okay, uh, just
0: yeah, wait is, and it's check just, out, is it or don't jump. sustainable as, as they are. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, but
1: that's the same for crypto, and a couple of years ago it was the same for esports, and before that it was social media, which was also called a hype. Uh, And there comes a moment where, where before that that was the internet. (laughs) Yeah, so so there comes a moment where you don't, where you feel, hey, okay, this is not going away. This is you better jump on the train and not say, okay, no, will be gone. We don't believe in it. And it's always interesting where that moment is and where it comes from.
0: I think it's the new Darwin, adapt or die. <laughs> <Digital> <laughs> that's marketing. a cool
1: quote, yeah.
0: Thank you, Rowan. You're welcome. So we close off this episode with a couple of uh, podcast tips. The first one I want to give to you, Rowan.
1: Yeah, that's a little bit self-promotion. Um, we as SportsGen also have a podcast channel. So just go to your favorite podcast application or just Spotify and uh search on sports gen um we have different uh kind of podcasts there um from our projects so there are for example a lot of podcasts uh, you can listen with talented people sports uh, sport athletes but also uh, other people who are uh who are also yeah who all have um uh, Pursued a dream of theirs, and then we, yeah, we, we, we look back with with them on that adventure, also with uh, uh, their masters who helped them in that period. But also other podcasts in the future, so uh, that would be a good. And we can hear more pod- of you, yeah, because well, because uh, I'm the host as well. It was nice to be here because uh, it was good to sit down and let other people do the hosting and the, all the uh, preparations. But uh yeah, the podcast of uh I can try to host, yeah.
0: Thank you, thank you. I think uh, my tip on the podcast will be, uh, I don't know if you know Sports Geek?
1: Mm, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: a really nice po- podcast that brings like the best practice of sports business, but also on digital marketing. And that's one of the few that is out there that also has like episodes really specific on digital uh, trends and, uh, and the future of uh, yeah you know, sports industry. I've, i because
1: I've, I've looked it, but they're not, So
0: much. No, no. No. We should start another one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, Are you interested in sports or you have a passion for sports? Uh, Please check out the Johan Cruyff Institute Amsterdam and the Master in Sports Management. There's a variety of expertise, knowledge, a great network uh, that can help you give that final push into your career. Thanks for listening and see you next time.